And we're live. Oh, the countdown is so much fun, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It is. It feels so pro. Yeah, exactly. Like seeing how it counts down from five. I already feel like in the in the movies where they like the TV crew and it goes like five, yeah. four, and then they're just silent <laughs> doing like the three. Just doing like the hand yeah. motions. Oh, it's so good. This is how I feel every time we start. Yeah. How's it been? Uh, good, man. Good. Just uh, keep on working, learning. It's been uh, it's been a party this weekend. I uh, I've had my eye and got shared like two times by uh, two different people about this uh, pragmaticstudios.com uh, course on Elixir. It's like Elixir and uh, like uh, learning the in depths of OTP the OTP framework of mm. uh, Erlang. Yeah. <clears throat> and all that stuff so it's been on my mind it's it's a little bit pricey um oh it's 99 dollars, but i uh for the course just, or I, yeah, yeah for the course yeah it's 99 dollars for the course but i just i just kept looking at it kept seeing some things like there is half the course which i looked at and i was like this doesn't sound like there's anything new to me but the second half is like, wow, I I, I want to look into this. So I, I was like, whatever, screw it. Let's go for it. Sorry, wallet. And yeah. just bought it. So I uh, I started it on Saturday and uh, got a lot done and started seeing like little by little. They, they get started right away with a project. Like they don't, mm. they don't really, it seems like it's very targeted in for just you know, people that have already looked at Elixir, so they don't, or a programming language, they don't go in depth into, um, like just the basic bull crap that you sometimes see on some Udemy courses where they're like, this is how you add in this programming language. This is how you subtract, you know, and like. First so, lesson only about setting up your editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't go into that. It goes straight up into a, uh, a uh, like setting up your mixed project, and uh setting up your your uh, elixir project and they get started right away with a um pretty much um i'm not sure i i just i have it at 1.5 speed mm. of uh yeah. of the course especially at the beginning and i'm not sure if they said it at the beginning or not but they progressively start going through like they go and they're like all right we're gonna parse like an HTTP request. And then, you know, you, you do that. And then they're like, all right, then we're going to like route it. And then we're going to serve the response. And I start looking at this and it looks like little by little, they're pretty much building a web framework, which is awesome. So it just, it gives you like in-depth knowledge where I'm like, wait a minute, this, is this, is this how Phoenix, the framework, yeah. is like, is this how it works on a higher, like, obviously on a more complex level? And it, uh, it, it, it's like those, those like relational moments where I'm like, wait, is this how Phoenix work has been just awesome. I've been like, oh my gosh, this is how it probably works. And I can probably after this course, I'll go and look at Phoenix, the actual framework and seeing if there are some similarities, obviously in a more complex level, especially with the parsing, right? Because I, mean, I can imagine that every framework is actually parsing the HTTP request, right? Mm. Yeah. To some sort of level, like parsing, because it's just probably a plain text 
um yeah like request so it's like parsing this whole thing and it's like that's what you're actually doing in there so it's pretty awesome i haven't come to anything new to actually share like some something mm. new that i've learned but it's just that's the new thing that I, I just was the awesome moment where i just kind of realized that we're building a web framework and is this how phoenix works and if so like this is pretty awesome i listened to an interesting conversation where uh one of the people in it mentioned something that was was kind of an interesting take on learning things and like learning materials i was like mm -hmm. it was specifically about books where he said like like no matter what he does like if he picks up a new book for like a programming language or something he always starts from chapter one even though he is familiar with it because in his experience like everyone like explains things slightly differently or has a different focus so even though you feel or you think you're already familiar with all the concepts it might still be that there's like one nugget in there that puts things in like a different perspective or clarifies a concept that you just didn't or didn't pay too much attention to before so his recommendation is no matter what you do always start at the beginning there might always be something interesting in there that you didn't know before and i thought it was really interesting oh yeah for sure for sure there's been like little things that i've uh that I've picked up here and there where I'm like, holy crap, I didn't know you could do this within this thing. And yeah. I didn't know what this was actually for now, or I didn't understand this one little piece, like file reading, for example, was something that like relative paths and absolute paths. Like I didn't really understand how that worked, but I was like, oh, I don't need this right now. Like I won't go in depth in it. And this, they actually explained it really well. So I would highly recommend that course. Those people are freaking awesome too. It's just a, a couple who, who started the whole thing and they do all the videos and they're amazing. So they explain things really well. I'm gonna check it out. I'm always curious and like good tutorials and resources and learning material. They have things on, uh, I guess they probably started with Ruby and Ruby on Rails because they have a lot of stuff on that. And yeah. it's just in-depth, like mastery knowledge that you, uh, that you can Nice, do. yeah. But that's that has been my uh, my weekend. That's what I chose to do. That no sounds regrets. actually pretty. Like for <laughs> as a developer, I can say it sounds like a pretty good weekend. Uh, as a normal person, I might wonder why you're spending your time like this. But yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty nice. So what have what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, not not too much to be honest. Um, our recording schedule has been a little bit messed up, so there's actually not that much time since we last spoke yeah true i've been thinking a lot about our discussion that we had the last time and in particular our very differing views on rails and whether or not it does too much for you to learn and write good code and i've yeah i've been thinking about this a lot there's like there's also kind of a reason why rails is still something that i'm like hugely interested in and that is that there's like one project idea that I have that I would really like to implement because it's something that's been bugging me once every blue moon, but then in a really annoying way. And I think it's a problem that not only I have, and I would really like to just fix it for good. And the problem is like shaped perfectly for Rails. It's like webhooks, you need to authenticate with um, third-party services through OAuth. Like mm -hmm. it's just very nice for like a rails project yeah but then especially with the 
discussions that we had over the last few weeks about domain-driven design and like how do you thoughtfully design like um, your domain and like your logic? How do you prevent, especially in Rails, from everything just going into like the user model or a controller and it also feels like services are not necessarily like the answer to all our problems. Uh, so how do you design your, or how do you actually write like your business logic in a way that's not just, yeah, put in some like random place. And part of me would really like to try this out just as a way to kind of see how my own thinking has evolved since we last wrote Rails code. And how yeah. we yeah that would be interesting like what our conversations around us have changed like if my perception has changed and one of the things that like randomly came to my mind for example is like what is stopping me from just using domain driven design or like applying these concepts I wouldn't like necessarily say it's hardcore domain driven design but what is stopping me for example from describing a lot of this business logic in the library module that you have in your Rails project like. Mm-hmm. A lot of this logic doesn't actually, or I could still write just plain old Ruby objects that describe how things interact and how they work together. Yeah. And use that in my controller, for example, to initialize certain actions and then save the results of this. And I've been thinking about this a little bit, and it sounds like there has to be like there have to be good solutions for this that go beyond the things that we've tried and maybe struggled with in our past experience plus it would also Mm -hmm. be a really good excuse to just use rails and like all the new cool things that we got excited about in i think like three episodes ago or so with like cable ready yeah reflex like it would just be a really nice opportunity to play with these things so i've been thinking about this a little bit and like it's really kind of uh yeah i have this itch to see if i can structure my rails code better than i did in the past and what is holding me back a little bit is that i am also still working on like my uh, library project and i don't want to start like the next thing that i then leave in half a state and don't really know when i get back to this classic but then Classic. there's also like another thing that popped up in like one of my podcasts or articles I read or so this week. I'm not quite sure. Um, and I, again, have to look up like the exact quote or so, but it's essentially saying that there are only so many projects you will be able to do in your life and that that should be kind of a guiding factor when you decide what you want to do because yeah time is limited and while time is limited feels like a very vague concept someone saying the amount of projects you can do is limited feels way scarier for whatever reason that's like way more tangible it does and that made me think because yeah so we we when we go back to the beginning started this podcast as a way to stay in touch and talk about like the things that we would want to do and there has always been this idea that yeah eventually we want to start our own project and whatever comes out of this uh start our own businesses around this or create like um or contribute to communities create communities whatever it kind of is but actually work on a meaningful project that both challenges us but also fulfills us and Mm -hmm. kind of hearing uh, this phrase that they're like, yeah, only so many projects you can do. I started to wonder whether or not the ones that I 
am currently like working on are actually the ones that are the most valuable in that sense. And while I still want to finish my library yeah. tool because I definitely kind of want to have a solution for the problem that I'm trying to solve there, I also don't think it has like a super high priority in that way. But uh, there's there's a third aspect to it as well. I have to like uh, that I have to admit um, there's a uh, race conf. No, sorry, Rust conf got announced, and they're doing like an online edition as well. I think at the end of August. And one of the talks sounds super fascinating. Uh, I think it has the title "How to Start Solo Projects You'll Stick With" or something like this. And I just read like the abstract, and it's about kind of how you can set up these projects with the lessons that had have been learned from like this whole science of like habit forming, to make sure that you actually mm -hmm. structure the project in such a way that you keep motivated and that it's kind of from the beginning fulfilling and these kind of things. That's just my theory of what the talk is about from kind of the abstract. But that made me think as well, because for example, mm -hmm. like with the li uh, library project, I think I cho uh, chose like the hardest path to tackle this, where I've been working on this yeah, for like weeks did. and I don't have anything like tangible that is working or as a prototype. But I've been like really using this for like, yeah, learning and exploration and uh, trying to tackle these like complex problems but it is now getting to the point where it's like a little bit frustrating because i'm still not seeing kind of the results that i initially thought i would see before i started kind of shifting my focus a little bit more to like the learning aspect and thinking about like these different threats it kind of accumulated in like this one kind of big question that i started to tackle for myself was like what are the things that i actually want to work on given that i can't do everything i want in my life probably of project ideas that i have and what are the criteria by which i would decide kind of what to do next um and the rails thing for example is interesting to me because it's still something where i can continue the learning but i can also see a way clearer path to how i can solve a problem that is a bigger than what I think the problem with like the library is. And it's also easier to break this down into like very concrete steps because especially the on-ramp is a little bit uh, smoother since yeah, we've worked with Rails before. I know how to set up certain features that the app definitely needs. So I feel like it would be much, much simpler to get like a working prototype going and then build something that I'm actually like really excited about um, finishing for once. So yeah, I feel I feel like it would be that I feel like Rails has gotten much better with uh, with that. And I also would love to dive into it uh, to seeing how how much easier it would be things to to get things done or or do certain things that you would yeah. like to to do, especially with the new technologies that we've discussed. There's been multiple times where you want to do something and like you're like, oh crap, like I have to do Ajax for this. And yeah, then you're not so interested in it or you're trying to find other ways or you simplify this was my thing you would simplify features in ways that it will no longer make me excited mm, i see yeah because of some restrictions but i do agree with you i think that uh that 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 one quote or whatever you uh yeah heard that that is, that is pretty pretty scary and it's a nice eye-opener especially when you're I'm not saying you know we're old but 
not that young either and it's like we only have so much time and i think we're just getting into like the good age to be honest i think like five oh, more years is what we certainly. need to be like most certainly. like the sweet spot of productivity definitely but there's always that one thing that you're like crap like i wish i would have known this and been this yeah. productive or had this priority five years ago or something like that I think where this resonated with me even more is that when we think about business, for example, you always hear like the, exactly like the same story when it comes to business as well about how important it is to just start something and actually uh, kind of dip your toe in the water instead of sitting on the sidelines and just thinking about it or talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I know we've been talking about it a lot as well. So this is kind of the second thing that kind of pushes me a little bit to... Or puts a little bit of pressure on me in a way to kind of reconsider my life choices in like a very broad yeah. sense. It is a, it is a good way, um, like thought and awakening yeah. though, to, to, to think this way and now base your future decisions on this and the projects. But then um, I usually don't jump into any kind of project, uh, just because I, I, I don't know. I have a very like down the line kind of, mentality when i decide on yeah. things so uh like if i i remember ever since i was a kid if i wanted a certain toy for example i'll be like okay i don't know why i've always thought this way and it's like oh i'll get that toy like i really want it but then my mind would be like but then like i'll be like i would play with it for a week and then i'll probably just leave it in the same shelf that the other ones are in and just get bored in. It's probably not worth it. Okay, it's not worth it. No, I don't want it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> weirdest kid ever. I promise you. Yeah, weirdest kid ever. Definitely probably saved my parents a lot of money. Might though. be, yeah. But, uh, but I think this way with projects as well. I, I get really excited about them. I do. I really do. Just like the toys. Yeah. I get really, really excited and I do really want to do it. But I tend to sit with it because I know that mind changes and I will probably have a different perspective on things like the next day or the next day after. So I probably sit with it for a couple of days to see if it keeps like me excited. And then if it does, I yeah. try to see. Um, but then some, I don't know, somewhere along the line, it just demotivates me on some things. Like I have to work on that. I don't know what it is. What One thing I do know though, is that whatever project I start, I definitely need to be very passionate about, um, what the industry is and the yeah. people affected is like, I feel like that's the biggest motivator ever. Yeah. So I, I thought it was really interesting just, and like I said, like RustConf, end of Is August. Is that free, by the way? The talk will come or, out. Um, so I'm pretty sure the videos will be uploaded after a few weeks mm -hmm. to YouTube. But the conference itself is not free. Is it a an online one uh, or is, is it going to be in person? Yeah, it's, it's no, the it's same. They, they yeah, there's this like ElixirConf uh, EU. And I'm like, darn it, I really yeah. want to so bad. But it's like, uh, it's like $80. Yeah. 80 euros um yeah and and i don't think you get like the whole thing i think the rest one yeah it's like 80 euros and it's it's an on online one but i'm considering yeah. it we'll see i like it's completely different this top uh, like discussion and topic but i listened to a fascinating conversation about how like crucial it is right now to kind of support these conferences because 
those are communities like it's really hard for them to recover from COVID and like not doing yeah. conference could mean that they're thousands of dollars um yeah in debt and will not be able to do the same conference next year so um that's where i feel like i might actually want to just pay the money get a ticket for like rustconf uh support the rust community and suck it up but yeah i'm not sure um different topic we can kind of earmark this for for another episode um the other thing so yeah again um i thought it was really interesting to connect kind of all these lessons that we've learned about habit formation with a side project because there are all of these like tips and tricks how you can try to stick with a habit and how to make it like attractive to perform like a certain thing that might be good for you and this had like got me thinking a little bit about how i approach my side projects and I came, for example, to this realization that, yeah, with uh, the library tool, I really picked like the hardest way to work on this. It's really hard to kind of see progress. It's really hard to keep up the motivation because it's just one difficult problem mm -hmm. after the other. And if I look at, um, I think there's, the book is called Atomic Habit, and I can't get all four right now, but I think it has like four strategies. Uh, make it easy as one, and then... Uh, make it attractive was another I forgot the other two make it obvious I think as one like there are all of these like small things that you can do to actually stick with certain behaviors that you want to practice um, by yeah making it really easy to do them and mm -hmm. then if I look at how I approach my side project I'm like oh yeah shit I've been doing like the complete opposite I make it really hard for myself you make and it hard <laughs> that got me thinking a little bit about what uh, there's a really interesting interview with Jason Fried, I think, from Basecamp about how they built Hey.com, where they talk about how they use their shape-up methodology to build this. And they, mm -hmm. to build Hey, they worked in like the same cycles that they usually work in as well. So they had six weeks, and then for those six weeks, they kind of designed a project that fits this. And this project had to prove a certain thing that they wanted to test. For example, um, they started like very early on with like emails, but they didn't have any like authentication in there, for example, or all of these features that you would expect like a full-fledged app to have because they were like, hey, we want to test like this very specific problem and see if we can solve it in like a better way than others have. So let's just set up everything that we need to get like to answer this one question. And I thought this was interesting as well, because I think at least for me, when I start a project, I have like this grand vision in mind where it should like what it should be when it's done in like probably years of <laughs> after years of development time. And then I started with like the, mm -hmm. the things that I think are super important in the beginning. So for example, setting up a new Rails app for like this particular problem that I have in mind, intuitively, I would start setting up user authentication. But that doesn't actually answer any questions about the problem that I want to solve or help me test like a hypothesis. And kind of the combination of these different conversations True. on one hand, like shape up and how they approached or like Basecamp and how they approached building a completely new product using still like a very methodical approach. And on the other hand, this idea that there's probably smarter way how to approach projects to keep up motivation than what I'm intuitively doing really got me thinking. And then that combined with the question, like, what project are, like, actually, how, like, yeah, 
if I'm redesigning how I approach projects, doesn't make sense to also reconsider what I want to work on next. That is kind of where I ended up after after the weekend. This is essentially what I've been up to the last few days to answer your initial question. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, that's really good though. I uh, Yeah, I've just been been listening to uh, a couple podcasts. I've been just you know hearing a lot of people on uh listening to a lot of people on youtube on like technology like finances like self-sustain one one of the podcasts obviously the one that you sent me um with the uh uh, creator of bookshop.org oh yeah yeah and uh i just i have definitely come to um, kind of the same conclusions or thoughts that you have that it's like also the reason why we started this and that we need to definitely jump into something that will uh something that's like meaningful to us something that we want to pursue as a business something that and and i just like yeah. thought about this um from uh, again from the things that i've been listening some finances and one of them is like don't put all your eggs in one basket type of thing and yeah. I'm thinking like the work that I'm doing right now, it's like, it's awesome. Is probably like the best, you know, job that I've ever had so far, which is yeah. freelancing being my own. But it's like, how long could that, like what could go wrong, right? Like what are the things that could yeah. happen? And it's the same thing as other stuff. Same thing with a job, like we're just with a regular job, right? Like yeah. you can get laid off as well. Like it's not, that's putting your whole eggs in one mess. It's like the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, when is like, could it be a time? Like, what am I going to do if like, there's not enough projects in one month, right? Or in like two months to come yeah. or something like that. Like I need to have like certain, um, so I'm just thinking of doing different things and I want to do different things. Uh, there's a couple of kind of things that excite me and just things that I need to just think about also. Cause like, one thing that I've always wanted to do is kind of, I got into this via the, uh, you know, the Odin project, which is just a, a course that teaches you how to mm-hmm. code. And it's like writing courses. And it's like, I, I kind of want to, I would love to try out the like tutorial type of thing and just like the mm. resources and teaching type of thing. But it's like, I don't yeah. want to start either with with just my own website and just offering, oh, here we go. This is a course I made. It's $99, right? Like the... Because I feel like you need to kind of build yourself up in that. Yeah. And there's already a means for that, which is just, you know, like, I just want to, I'll just, I guess I'll jump. Yeah. I don't know if I'll do this. I'm just saying I would want to do this. And it's like, jump on YouTube and just start doing something that I believe it's it's something that I want to do, you know. And I'll start teaching yeah. something, like maybe Elixir or something, just yeah, like two-way street, right? Like, I'll be hopefully teaching somebody um, some, some in and outs. And, and, and again, like, in the same way, yeah it's highly known you know that if you teach it you learn it better as well so it'll it'll be like a two-way thing and then if that gets a positive thing then you can move in into your own website with your own course maybe and just like offer it for money and stuff like that and that could be one and then another one is from the podcast that we were listening to bookshop.org which is like oh my gosh like this guy is doing what i want to do so bad and has like there's a lot of people out there and it just makes me really happy that there's a lot of people out there that have like a good mentality on or like a healthy mentality on like business and just uh, money in general and like um, like wealth. Yeah. Yeah, it was really like a sh- 
shining example yeah. like social responsibility and like doing social good and being happy with kind of a decent and, paycheck yeah, and you don't have to, to yeah um maybe you can explain it a little better of what the podcast was about or what like bookshop shop.org is because i feel like i don't know however many people listen to it would be amazing to just even with like two people to sh share what this is and to buy your books here you know yeah yeah so a we'll definitely link the episode and then yeah brief recap was essentially that he created this online platform that individual bookstores can use to sell online and i think what fascinated both of us that a it's set up as a b corp and then it has a lot of they have a lot of programs where they are supporting bookshops by just giving insane amounts of money away if you look at it from like a like business perspective where they're uh they have a very mm -hmm. um generous like um affiliate program uh to encourage people to yeah essentially support their local bookstores they're spending a lot of their um profits that they make and these kind of things i was really i think it kind of yeah, excited both of us because it's such a great tool for, yeah like, what excited me the most was change. that he's like and this but, is what uh, i want to i don't want to accumulate wealth you know like you wanna you wanna have your company to be entirely self-sufficient yeah. right like be able to pay everybody and yourself like a pay even if it's decently like even if it's um like so much right you're paying yourself a certain amount yeah. and that's it right whatever else is whatever else is left like you distribute it yeah. so that's what he does if correct me if i'm wrong you sh yeah. like every every bookshop yeah. that signs no, up no, that's this completely, completely right. free right they can sign up and i th believe that anything they sell is 100% on them right like it goes 100% to them but whatever they sell uh um 30% of it gets distributed among all the bookshops right so even if you didn't sell a single thing you'll still get something yeah right so it's even crazier in there uh, in this case because they are donating the money to an um, organization that I think almost all like independent bookshops are part of. Like even if you're not registered on their mm -hmm. site because you're part of that like bookshop association, you would still get essentially money through them. Uh, so they're really um, yeah yeah it's it's a really interesting setup. That's, we'll uh, definitely link the that's episode. the dream. That's the dream. But yeah, uh, yeah. It sounds like we have a lot of things to consider. And I feel like this is kind of a very interesting yeah. topic to My question kind of is pick like what, you know, cuz I saw that episode story. I'm like this is amazing like and this is the perfect like this was the perfect business to get into yeah. if you want to get to do that, right? Cuz there are bookshops around there still. Like there is a corporation that's trying to knock all of these out, you know. So if you're hating Amazon or want to go against it you should definitely yeah that's kind of what his purpose was right he was like he yeah. said it. he 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 was like I'm, i was sick and tired of seeing yeah, that's like all, all these bookshops just shutting down because you know I, I, this was his way of yeah. fighting amazon more or less and in in that sense so it's it's like yeah it just seemed like it was the perfect thing but if you try to associate it with other stuff it's kind of a little bit hard to do but then again there's 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 also companies like like Basecamp that don't necessarily do this, but help in their own ways as well. You know, they give away resources. They they do like a whole bunch of yeah. things that are really good as well. And it's 
it's just something that I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to come up with something that I'm trying to find that like, you know, you ever seen those like, yeah. like circle here, circle here and like wherever it meets in the middle, like that's what you want. Like I'm trying to see like what industry like passions me. Yeah. Right. And it's like, uh, what like it do like service or product, yeah. like what, like what would excite me to help who, right. What kind of niche would help me. And it's like, and like yeah. that in the middle is what I, uh, but what is that is, is what i'm trying to figure out that that like circle in the middle that where all the crosses come yeah. together for me hopefully yeah. i can give it some thought and come back maybe yeah, next episode or the one after that I, and been like i think this is at least some sort of idea but i am putting a lot of thought into this ever since i've listened to that podcast yeah. and i've been just looking at don't put your all your eggs in one basket yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah it feels like we have both a lot to consider um let's do it i'd say we leave that for the next episode it was really yeah interesting i want to say and i can't wait to catch up on this but i also have to think give it a lot of mm -hmm. a little bit more thought and hopefully we can just get in line with what curious this podcast was supposed to be and it's just a follow-through of yeah things we want to start exciting yeah, so yeah. it's good then I'm excited Same for the next here. episode. Talk soon. Talk soon. Peace.